Pray With Me, Let's Get These Blessings Started is a daily podcast supported by six platforms. Please go to anchor.fm forward slash Pamela hyphen M hyphen Staten forward slash support to make a donation so that we can stay in good standing on these platforms. Thank you. Dedicating today's podcast to Maurice. It's your birthday. Welcome to Pray With Me. Let's get these blessings started. I'm your host of this daily podcast. And uh, let us just dive right in and begin with this prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. From Prayers from the Wilderness. It's a meditation for discipline. Father, today is another day when I am trying to once again begin my God-given assignment. Even though my heart is in the right place, sometimes the issues of life and household tasks overwhelm me. Every day, my goal is to follow your lead, listen to your voice, and trust in your directions. It is truly my desire to stay on task for you. So please, Lord, teach me the discipline of developing a routine that yields harvest for you. I know it will make a difference in my life. Instruct me in the order needed to fulfill every task that you give me. Bless me with your routine and not my own. Show me how to follow your schedule so that I live a life of divine purpose every day. Teach me to begin each day with you and ask you to give me a disciplined spirit and a loving heart. Lord, teach me to follow you and to trust in your authority over my life. Help me to acknowledge a disciplined life that produces fruit. But please do not allow me to be so rigid about working on what you assigned me to do this season that I do not recognize your hand redirecting and changing the use of my time. As you bless me with discipline, Father, please provide me with a balance so I am not fixated on meeting goals and then forget to love, forget to laugh, and forget to enjoy relationships. Father, remind me, discipline is for your glory and for my good. In the name of Jesus, amen. And Father, as Lord over my life, I know you have a divine plan, divine purpose, and divine timing. But I admit it is sometimes difficult for me to accept and to understand your ways. I am praying repeatedly for the same request. I know you have an appointed time for everything, but I do not want to delay your response. Because I am praying for an outcome that is not in your will. I don't want to misinterpret a word from you. I don't want to fail any spiritual test. 
I don't want to dismiss your answer because it is not the response I want. If I do not get what I want, I am concerned that even a repeat of the circumstances will not provide me with clear direction. So Father, please speak your understanding into my heart. I'm tired and confused. I desire to operate in your perfect will and not my own self-will. So Lord, bless me with spiritual discernment, understanding, and your response. Father, while I stand still, I will remember your blessings, your love, and your grace. I will reflect on your goodness and sovereign power. I will recall other situations in my life when you seem to be silent, then suddenly you answered my prayers. Hallelujah. So regardless of how I'm feeling, I will continue to hope. I will continue to pray and expect your answer. While I wait for your response, I will remain thankful for the understanding and mercy that you will grant me today and every day. Amen. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word, I do hope. And that's Psalm 130. Stay with us, listeners. We'll be right back with more. You're going to have a happy birthday, Maurice. Stay right there. And God's way day by day says Psalm 25 to you, O Lord. I lift up my soul. Oh my God, I trust in you. We are called by God to trust him and him alone to meet our needs and to be our total source of supply. Furthermore, God requires that we obey him as part of our trusting him. We have the situation completely backward anytime we start expecting God to trust us to know what is right and to obey our commands so that he might prove his love for us. Our position is one of standing before God, declaring, I trust you completely to meet my needs in your timing and according to your methods. Anyone who takes the stance before Almighty God, you must do things my way, is presumptuous and foolish. Amen. And now from crosswalk.com, a group called Girlfriends in God, they're giving today's truth. And it says, Proverbs 4, be careful what you do and always do what is right. Listeners, Obedience puts us on solid ground. God does not ask us for a season of obedience. 
He wants a lifestyle of obedience. King Solomon said it this way. Be careful what you do and always do what is right. Obedience is remembering and choosing God in everything we do. Choosing to walk in his steps and following the path that he has set for us. Obedience calls us to live like citizens of a future world, guarding each step to make sure it matches the step of God. Not out of fear, but out of love. Not because man observes and keeps score, but because God sees you through eyes of love and because he wants to and he wants us to please him. So you must live by God's, you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. And that was Peter chapter one. We cannot come to Christ and keep responding to the world the same way. Oh boy. When we truly encounter the living God, our behavior will change along with our perspectives. Our standards will change. Our motives will change. Everything will change. Paul says that when we come to Christ, we become a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. 2 Corinthians 5. This holy discipline sounds like an impossible and overwhelming command. It is, unless it is fueled by the power of God in and through us. God has already been where he wants us to go. All we have to do is look for him, watch his steps, and follow them right across the finish line. Discipline your steps, making sure that they match his. Let us pray. Father, I want to obey you. Forgive me when I let fear keep me from walking in your steps or when I listen for the voice of others instead of yours. Give me a hunger and a thirst for your word. Help me grow up in you and become a mature believer whose life illustrates a radical obedience to God. In Jesus' name, amen. Make sure your heart is not divided. Make sure nothing impacts your obedience to God. Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. And that's Psalm 86, verse 11. Awesome. We'll be back with more prayers in just a moment.
And now today's truth written by Barb Roos. She writes, Dear friends, For years I struggled with the anxious what-ifs, so my solution was to buy lots of extras of anything and everything. My goal was was to be prepared for any uncomfortable or uncertain situation that came my way. In fact, I had a magic three-word phrase that gave me permission, just in case. As I accumulated my just-in-case items, like extra toiletries, clothes, or snacks, I found a sense of security in those stockpiles. Those extras propped up the illusion that I had control over my life, yet I didn't actually have control. I just had a closet full of stuff and a heart that was full of anxiety and fear. To be clear, when we're faced with a situation that we can't control, a natural default is to go overboard with what we think that we can control. Excessive stockpiling can be a control-loving behavior when it's motivated by the desire to control any future discomfort or inconvenience by gathering more than what is needed. Gathering extra isn't a sin in light of bad weather or crises events like we experienced during the pandemic. It is good to prepare for emergencies, but for everyday life, it's helpful to ask yourself if you're gathering extra for an emergency or is it exposing a control loving behavior that you need to address. Our stockpiles should never be our source of security. Jesus reminds us not to worry about what we'll eat, drink, or wear in uncertain times because God will take care of us. However, if we're not confident in God's provision, we may try to create our own insurance against uncertainty and stockpile whatever we question whether or not God will provide. As Jesus continues to teach the chapter, Jesus is teaching us not to worry about tomorrow. Such an important reminder for us to embrace today. So the chapter is Exodus 16. The Israelites got upset because they recently left Egypt and worried that they were going to starve in the desert. They'd forgotten that God miraculously fed them from Pharaoh's tyranny and he parted the Red Sea for them. One would think that the Israelites' memories would be longer than that, but apparently not. In Exodus chapter 16, God announces that he would send food from heaven to feed the Israelites all they needed. This proclamation is stunning, especially since the Israelites were whining that God should have let them die in Egypt. God was faithful, even though they were not faithful to him. As God sent manna, one of the coolest aspects of this miracle, 
is that everyone has exactly as much as they needed. Some gathered a lot, some only a little, but when they measured it out, everyone had just enough. Each family had just what it needed. So let that settle on you for a moment, especially if you've got a provision situation of any type on your mind. God knows exactly what you need, how much you need, and most of all, he knows when you need it. God takes care of his children at all times, especially hard times. Perhaps you're wondering about the line between having a healthy supply or if you're stockpiling because of fear. Ask God about it. Also, you can begin praying before you shop and ask God if you need it because he's given you the means of buying it or if you're buying it because you're afraid that you won't be able to get it again in the future. God cares about providing for you. So invite him to speak to your heart. Let us pray. God, thank you for taking care of me each day. I pray for the discernment to know the difference between preparation and fear-based stockpiling. I choose to trust that you will be faithful and provide what I need, how much I need, and when I need it. In Jesus' name, amen. The difference between a healthy supply of everyday needs and emergency planning is a reflection on God's provision for the Israelites and Jesus's teaching. If you are facing a problem in life that you can't fix, no matter what you do, Perhaps you've heard the phrase, let go and let God. Amen. Woo, good job, Barbruce. I am so glad I found your writing. Stay right there, listeners. I love to share. I'll be right back with more. And now commanding your morning, Psalm 5-3. My voice you shall hear in the morning. O Lord, in the morning I will direct it to you and I will look up. Slipping away from God usually starts when we start to skip our regular prayer times. We get up a little late and we have to go to work a little early. So we think, oh, well, you know, I'll just spend some time in prayer tonight. Then that night, we stay up late helping one of our children with homework, or we say, I'll just do it in the morning. It could be a number of really important things that you need to do. Jesus was not saying that the cares of this world 
caring for your family, paying rent, going to school or a job, working on your car, or any of a hundred other things are bad. He is saying that we can't afford to let them get in the way of getting our daily instructions from heaven's headquarters. Amen, alleluia, I second that. So that's why we're listening here on this podcast, right? Bow your head. Father, you are my priority. I declare that as I seek you first, all the resources I need will be added to me. Not only material things, but also wisdom, favor, and strength. Let nothing keep me from meeting with you daily. I commit to pursue you faithfully, that I may walk in your wisdom and blessing. In the name of Jesus, amen. And 1 Peter chapter 5. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. God doesn't want you to neglect your cares. He wants to help you take care of them. He wants to give you wisdom about how to handle them, whether it's a relationship, a project at work, volunteering at your kid's school, or your passion to see a world issue resolved justly. He wants to give you strength to handle it. He has the wisdom you need to make it right. He wants to see you succeed so that he can be glorified in you. Bow your head. Father, your word says you watch the sparrows and you make sure that each has its needs met. How much more do you care for me? In the name of Jesus, I declare over myself that I will not doubt your love for me, but I will run to you with every need. You are my source of wisdom. You are the one who renews my strength. It is your desire that I prosper and be in good health, even as my soul prospers. I declare that I will run to you because you are more than able to accomplish everything that concerns me today. In the name of Jesus, amen. I love the 23rd Psalm and I'll squeeze it in every time I can. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
Amen. And God's purpose for your life. It says, have good plans. James 4.14, you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. Amen. That verse is an admonition to those who make plans about the future. James says, come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. Some might take this verse as an undesirable warning because they have a vision for the future and objectives for how everything should play out. But really, it is a positive reminder that God is in every tomorrow. So even though we do not know what will happen, he is already there. And it is his will that comes to pass. So take that to heart today. If your future is full of unknowns and your sources of security have crumbled, you don't know the good plans that the Lord has for your future. So seek his will. Rejoice in his perfect provision and wisdom. And hold on to hope about tomorrow. Because you know that the Lord's will is good. You know that the Lord's will is acceptable and perfect. And the fullness of joy is found in his presence. Amen. Read Psalm 16 when you get a chance. Jesus, I am grateful that your guides will guide my future because I know you have never, ever, 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 ever let me down and never, ever, ever, ever will. Amen. Thank you for coming today, listeners, and praying with me. We got a good word. We got our strength to get us through today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Just get through today. And I hope to see you tomorrow. Bye for now.